Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for others as the highest goal of humanity. May the following message nurture that love in your life. And remember, you're always welcome at HCC. It's a perfect church for less than perfect people. Peace. Welcome to church. So glad you're here. Amen. For those of you that have joined us online, thank you so much for being with us. Let me tell you something. We are grateful and thankful that you are here with us online. But can I say, though, there's nothing like being in the room. There's nothing like being here in person. He inhabits the praises. Look, it says where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. I can look around and say there's more than two or three. Jesus is in the house today. Amen. I don't know what you came in with, but you can leave different. Amen. Because of the power of God. Amen and amen. Second Chronicles chapter 5. We're going to go ahead and go there today. And as you go there, we're going to be starting this series called Living a Life of Praise. I don't have a set you know, number of weeks. We have a schedule, probably three. But I want to obey God. And if he says stay longer, we're going to stay longer. Because let me tell you something. We need to understand this. We have schedules. I have a schedule. We need to abide by a schedule. But within the schedule, allow the Holy Spirit room to work. And so we're going to do that. Second Chronicles chapter 5. I love this passage. Here's what it says. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever. Amen? Amen. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. Now watch what happens. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Now, I could take a poll this morning, we're not going to, but I could take a poll and ask people to raise their hand if you need a breakthrough in some area of your life. And if I did that, I believe there'd be many people around the room that would raise their hand. I could take a poll and say, hey, do you need breakthrough in your own Christian experience? Maybe having more faith. If we did that, I believe many would raise their hand. I could also ask and say, if we need a breakthrough in our church's corporate expression of praise and worship, and I believe people would raise their hands. And I want to share to you today this breakthrough power of praise and what can happen when we can step out of our comfort zone just a little bit in the Lord, not outside of him, in our flesh. Because when we're in our flesh, we're not of God, right? We need to make sure we are in the Lord, in the things of his spirit. And there's power that comes with your praise. I want to read from you from Psalms. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Here's what that passage says to me, okay? It says praise Him if you're here or praise Him if you're there, right? It says praise Him if He's done this for you. Praise Him if He's done that. Praise Him if you can play an instrument. Praise Him if all you can do is clash a cymbal. Come on. But 
more than anything, if you don't fit into any of the other categories, if you have breath inside your lungs, praise Him. Why? Because He deserves it. He deserves our praise. There's many ways. You see, I, I, did you know that the New Testament word praise is the same word for worship and glory and for honor. And it's the same word. It's the Greek word doxa. It simply means glory. They all mean the same thing. And it's just, it depends solely on the context. And I want to ask a question. Is there a difference between praise and worship? And if there is, it's simply this. It's simply that worship is how we esteem God. It's the, ad, it, it's the attitude of our heart. We can worship God without a sound. We can worship God when we kneel. We can worship God when we bow. We can worship God just as we stand. But praise is when you articulate with your mouth what you feel inside your heart. Praise has to be out of your mouth. God, I praise you. God, I thank you. I don't deserve your love, but God, you gave it to me anyway. That's praise. There's many ways the Bible talks about praise and worship, but let's talk about the worship first. The Bible says in Psalms that we can stand. It says, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. I can stand in reverence and that be worship to God. I can kneel in Psalms. It says, oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. When we kneel, it's an act of submission, an act of reverence. God, I kneel before you. I am less than God. I don't deserve it, but Lord, you give it to me anyway. I can bow down. And there's three different Hebrew words within the passage that simply mean to bow down. And between all of them, they're mentioned 216 times. I believe the Lord is referencing that bowing down is a great form of worship. We can lift our hands. When we lift our hands in praise, showing that we're lifting up our hearts to Him, lifting of hands can also be a sign of surrendering to God's will. When my children, when they were much younger, needed something from me, they would say, Daddy, Daddy, can I have it? And then that's when I would say, Yes, son, or no, son, you, you can't. In the same way, we come into the presence of God with hands lifted high. God, I'm here to be used by you, whatever you need, God. Sometimes He says yes, sometimes he says no. But we can lift our hands. Psalm says, thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. They also talk about clapping hands. We can worship with our clap. The, the, uh, it says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Well, here's another form of worship that we don't like to talk about much, that we don't like to do, and it's the dance. And in Psalm, it says, you have turned for me my morning into dancing. I'm going to read that again. It says, you have turned my sorrow. You have turned my grief. You have turned my anxiety. You have turned my stress. You have turned everything that's gone bad this past week. You have turned that into dancing because the joy of the Lord is in me. It was the dance that released my healing. Let me tell you something. I've told the story of me being sick and being healed. But what you may not know is in the back corner of that room, the night before I got healed, my dad began to spin around and dance 
not in his flesh, but in the Spirit of God. And when he did that, praise erupted in that room and healing became, it came. Why? Because dancing can be a form of worship. The word rejoice in Hebrew simply means to spin, to leap, to jump for joy. We can laugh. Have you ever just laughed and it just made you just feel good? The Bible says, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. We can shout. We can get into an atmosphere of praise and worship and say, Lord, you've been good to me and shout it out. Why? Because shouting can be a release of joy. It is a weapon of war. Our praise, Psalm says, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. There's other ways to worship a loud noise. Second Chronicles says the children stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. We can have banners and we can raise them around. And let me tell you what the word says about banners. It, it says, we will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God we will set up banners. God is revealed as Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. We can sing songs. There's over 120 references in Scripture to sing songs as a form of worship. It talks about a new song in Psalm. Sing to him a new song. Again, he has put a new song in my mouth. There are many ways to worship and praise the Lord. Worship has to do with estimation. How much we value God will show up in our worship to him. Now let's get honest and real today. If I come into church with an expectancy that I'm just going to stand and just not have any part in the service and I'm just here because I have to, is the Lord still going to be present? Yes, He is because He's omnipresent. But let me tell you something. You may not get the victory that you need in your life until you come into the church house with an expectancy that I'm going to receive from God today. So worship has to do with estimation, how much we value God. Praise has to do, though, with the sound of the worship. Both mean to give God esteem, to commend Him highly. So when the Bible tells us to praise Him, it's calling us to say something. It's calling us to speak something. You can't praise silently. You can worship silently. But when you praise, you lift up your voices to Him. But I want to share to you this power of praise because I'm telling you, there's something that can happen in your life if we come in with this openness to praise the Lord. And it's simply number one, praise secures God's presence in your life. Our text that we read speaks of this dedication of the beautiful temple that, saw that, 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 that was built to God. When, when was the last time you saw the glory of God in such an awesome way that people were simply unable to proceed with the business of doing church? I don't know about you, but we've made over the years, I can't tell you the amount, hundreds of years, we've made church hard. We've come in and we've made church a set of you know, rules that we have to abide by. And if we don't do this, listen, y'all are quiet, you got to help me preach today. 
But when we come into the house of God saying, hey, I've got my schedule, I've got my order, but Lord, if you want to come in and move, I'm going to be open in my spirit to letting you do your thing because let me tell you something, I'm not going to be the reason why somebody doesn't receive their healing from God. I'm not going to be the reason why somebody isn't restored because I have to go by this set of rules. We will give room for the house in the house of God for the glory of God to do what he wants to do. Amen. Now I can preach that. And we can pray for that. But there comes a time when you come into church and you just don't want to. Trust me, I've been there. I've had mornings, I've talked to people just this morning that said, hey, pastor, don't know why. It's just been hard this morning. Let me tell you something. It's been hard this morning because the devil don't like it when you come into the house of God to praise. Because the devil don't know that the Lord is over all. Let me tell you something that you may not know. I've read the back of this book, and if you don't know yet, we win. So we can come into the house of God with an expectancy that God is going to move in my life. Amen. In this passage, we read this coming of God's glory, his manifest presence, and how it is linked to people praising him. Don't you know, Psalm 22, 3, that God dwells in the praises of his people? So if we want the Lord in the midst of our lives, we need to come into the house of God with the spirit of praise. God, I don't know why today's been tough. God, I've got a lot going on in my life. But God, I need you to prepare my heart. Because when I walk into church today, I'm walking in with an expectancy. And we have to know how and we have to be willing to when we walk through those doors, say, God, I'm not going to consume myself with, with what happened this past week. I got the phone call, I got the bill, I received the debt, I've got so much going on. But you know what, when you come into the house of the God, we serve a God who can set you free. We serve a God who can break bondage. We serve a God that can do all things that man says is impossible. So if there's any place you need to walk into with an open heart, it's into the house of the Lord. Praise secures God's presence. In your life. Let me tell you something else that praise does. Praise secures a win. I don't know. Look. We, we, we win. Okay. About a ten, about, there's about the ten of you that actually got that. We win. That doesn't mean that life will be easy. God never said you would never go through trouble. He just said I'll walk with you through it when you do. I've seen many sports games where a team was up by just a couple of points, maybe two to two to three at the end, and they'll attempt to score just one more time. Why? Because it would secure the win. Let me tell you something. When that, it puts the game and the match out of hand. When we praise, it does the same thing to our enemy. When we praise, it puts the game out of hand. When we praise, the match is over. When we praise, no devil in hell can, can beat you. That's what happens when you praise. I, I've, I've got this box. It's just a little bit like this, just a little bit longer. And it's called my trust God box. And here's what I do with that box. 
whenever I face things that I can't handle on my own, and whenever I go through trials and tribulations that are just too difficult for me, I write it down on a piece of paper and I place it inside that box. Why? Because I trust God with it. Now here's what happens. Too many times we want to take the lid off that box and after we've given it to God, we, 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 we like to take it back. Let me tell you something. When you give it to God, it's now not yours anymore. You have no right to take it back. It now belongs to him. So it's in the box doesn't do anything special, but it's just a mental picture to me that when I give it to God, it's over. It's done. I don't have to worry about it because God's in control. I don't have to worry about it because God is in control. His word says, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. He said, listen, king. And all who live in Judah and, and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the paths of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert, in the, in the desert of, of um, Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Watch what the Lord says. Take up your positions. Stand what? And see the deliverance. It did not say act upon. It did not say do. It said stand firm and see. Because the Lord is about to do something that you didn't think was possible. So Judas says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. So, so we have Jehoshaphat who bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then we had some Levites and the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice, a form of praise. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to what? Sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out. At the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now watch what happens, church. As they began to sing and as they began to praise, the Lord set an ambush against these men and they won. Why? Because all they did was they walked and they obeyed what the Lord told them to do. They didn't have to fight. They didn't have to do. All they did was said, I praise you, Lord. You're so awesome. And the Lord, did you know that the Lord will go before you and he will, and he will win the battle so you don't have to face them? You don't have to fight if you just give it to God. Why do we fight? Because we think that we're in control. That nobody else can do it like me. That nobody can get through this like I can. And we try to take things into our own hands. And I, if I did a show of hands today, I won't. 
But I could do a show of hands and say, how many people did that work for? And I don't think anybody would have their hand up. Why? Because we can't do it in our own power. We must give it to the Lord. How do we do that? Through our praise. In Psalms, we see praise coupled with the declaration of God's word and how it binds the enemy in chains. Watch this. May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings. Listen, that's what praising God does. It releases the angels to go fight the battles on your behalf. So when you come into the house of God, come with an expectancy and a praise upon your lips saying, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. So joyfully, I'm going to praise your name so that you can go before me and fight the battle so I don't have to. Amen. Praise is a good way to resist the devil. The Bible says resist him and he will flee from you. And the devil's most common methods of attack are to bring discouragement, hopelessness, and despair into our lives. To paralyze us from the inside. To get our eyes off of God. It's, 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 it's what he likes to do. He likes to get your mind off of the power of God and think that, hey, you can do this. You don't need him. And so he paralyzes us to the point where we think we can do it on our own merit. But I'm telling you, child of God, when you praise and when you sing and when you shout, the walls become tumbling down. Those Jericho walls didn't come down with a worship. They came down with a praise. With the sound, with the, the voice. But let me tell you something else that praise does. Praise secures an, unburden, an unburdening of heaviness. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm too close to that. We go through life and we feel heavy. And I'm not talking about eating too much, okay? I feel heavy then too. Come on. Praise the Lord. But have you ever felt heavy? Too much going on. In Isaiah chapter 61. And provide those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Watch what it says. The oil of joy instead of mourning. <laughs> and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. There are people today who are carrying a burden. And if everybody in this room today was perfect, I would know that statement to not be true. We would be set free. We'd be perfect. There wouldn't be anything wrong. But because I know we're human and because I know we're flesh and because I know that the enemy is out to get the child of God, I know that there's somebody in this room that this week has felt heavy. Did you ever see that cartoon character where everywhere they went there was a rain cloud over their head? You ever feel like that sometimes? Every room you walk into, nothing ever goes right. 
Something goes wrong with your phone and you call the Verizon up and you just spend an hour on the phone and you can't get in. I'm not saying that's ever happened. <laughs> Have you ever felt like just nothing goes the right way? The Bible tells us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Or in other words, exchange that spirit of heaviness for your praise. I've had times where I have felt heavy, where I have felt downcast. I've had this gnawing no in the pit of my stomach because of worry and fear and stress and anxiety. But I know what it is to have that lift as I begin to praise. All this weight weighs me down. And the more weight I put on me, the more my posture changes. The more I limp, the more I hurt, the more pain that I have. Here's what happens. The more anxiety that I place upon myself, the more I worry, the more I'm weighted down. The back one. The more worry, the more weight I carry. The more stress I have in my life. Now let's talk about you know, this next one for just a minute because it is a spirit of heaviness the more busyness that I have. Because the biggest excuse sometimes that, that we give is I'm too busy to go to church. I've got too much going on. And for some reason we can't stop everything else but the one thing that we need is the one thing that we don't do. Our schedules are so jam-packed with we got to leave work at 5, we got to get to practice at 6, we got to have dinner by this time, we got to have baths by 8, got to be in bed by 9 just so tomorrow we can start all over again. And that busyness, the busyness weighs you down. The more in my life where I'm scared, where there's this fear that grips me that I will never be able to do what God has called me to, to do. But then we go even more than that, and, and if we can get real, we're not just carrying our weight, but we just got the call that my friend just lost their job, and they're hurting. So now we begin to carry the weight of what they're going through. And even though we can't fix the problem ourselves, we carry the weight. And we carry it, and if you're not careful before long, we carry so much weight that we begin to hurt. It's too much for me to bear. I can't take it anymore. Am I the only one? And so what do we do? We say, I can do it. I can do it. And we walk around day after day. And we just feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't take it. I feel this heaviness. We get stressed out. And before we know it, we've carried this weight for so long that we fall. Because I can't carry it anymore. But you want to hear something really neat. We're now in the right posture to praise. <laughs> I'm in a position now where God, I can give it to you. I'm laying at the foot of the cross. 
And what he's saying is, he's saying, child, if you'll just take it off. And if you'll lay it right at my feet, he said, I can take care of it. You don't have to carry it. I've already carried it for you. I've already died on the cross. I've already forgiven you of sin. I've already gone before you to cancel out any debt that you may have. I've gone before you and won every battle that you'll ever face. You don't have to carry it anymore. The Bible says to exchange that heaviness for praise. Why? Because what does praise do? Number four. Praise secures release from bondage. Acts chapter 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and not just Paul and Silas's chains, but everyone's chains were loosed. They lifted. Why? Because the lesson of this story is that your praise may not only unlock yours, but it may unlock somebody else's who's coming to the house of God not wanting to praise. They may come in here with so much stress, they can't do it. And child, it may just be your praise that sets them free. So don't ever come into the house of the Lord and say, I don't have time to praise Him today. Because your praise just might be the missing link for somebody to receive God. Come on, somebody. It's time that the church, God, help me so much, help me. It's time the church is the church again. It's time we stop sitting in the back seat. It's time to take, uh, to take control of the car and praise and praise and praise until heaven comes down on this earth. God, help me, somebody. It was the praise that broke the prison bars. What is it in your life? Is it the business? Just took a turn for, uh, for the worse. Is it a relationship you've never should have gotten into? Is it a habit from your past that you just can't seem to shake loose? Is it money? God, help me. The, most, the number one thing that we worry about the most is money. The number one thing that we stress and have anxiety over is money. And can I say something that might just set you free? That money you've got is not yours. It has been put on loan to you from God Almighty. Everything you have today is because of Him. And if we can learn, just like last week, to praise Him for the things we have, and if we can learn to praise Him even though things don't go my way, if we can learn to praise Him both ways, now it's not so hard to not worry anymore because we know God's got it under control. I don't know if you, but you, you, you do know God's got it, right? 
if, if the praise team and the band would come. Let's talk about Mary for just a minute. God help us. Mary discovered the secret of living a life of praise. She estimated God's value to her and she articulated God's value in the form of this gift, this box of perfume. And what Mary discovered in her encounter with the Lord was simply this. No gift was too costly for him. She brought this costly gift of perfume. She learned that no one was too influential to intimidate her. She cared nothing of what others thought about her gifts of her act of worship. No act was too lowly for her to perform. She washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. No place was too public for her display. Man, that's a big one for us right now because, you know, there's only certain places now that we'll praise God because we're afraid of what others may think. But Mary learned that no place was too public for her display. She had no concern about what others thought about her. All she cared about was serving the master. What's the point? No earthly treasure should keep you from praise. Nobody should keep you from praise. No act of worship should be too lowly for you. And no place is too public for you express just how good God really is. You know, I read this story and then we'll close. About the eagle and the, the, the snake and what happens when the snake attacks the eagle. And the eagle knows that the snake is too crafty on the ground. The eagle doesn't stand much of a chance when both the snake and the eagle are on the ground. The eagle knows he's outnumbered just a little bit because the snake can move swiftly in and out and curl. And So what does the eagle do? The eagle picks up the snake and he takes the snake up into the sky because he knows that in the sky that snake has no power. I hope you're hearing me right now. Because when you face troubles, we can't fight him on the ground. We've got to take it up to God. Because in the sky, the snake has no power. He doesn't even hold the own keys to his house. Death, hell, and the grave, those keys are held by God alone. He has no power in the sky, so I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, take your praise to God because it's only there will you see the release that we want. When you praise, your enemies will fall. 